0: All right, we have Purdue head coach Tony Ursland with us. Thank you, coach. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to talk, guys.
0: Um, Answer this for us, coach. Um, Things are obviously different with the current situation with everyone being quarantined and everything. So what is like a typical day in the life for a college coach look like right now since you can't really get out there and beat the streets?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, there's a lot of meetings. I mean, obviously communication is key with, with any group, right? So between communicating with my ADs, communicating with my team, um, how do you communicate with recruits? So a lot of it is, is having meetings where you're staying connected uh, as up to date as you can be. And then also, like you said, trying to trying to build relationships, you know, specifically with your team and maybe recruiting, because that's all we're allowed to do. No, no on campus, but off campus. You're just trying to kind of find ways to build relationships with those kids and, and stay connected in a way that's going to make you better when we do eventually get to go wrestle again. You know, we're, we're going to get to wrestle someday again here. And uh, and so we want to make sure that we're we're putting ourselves in a better position to hit the ground, both recruiting and just also from training, you know, mentality, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. How often are you trying to check in with your guys at this point?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk, um, as a team, you know, as a, an entire group once a week, you know, we try to get on zoom or even if it's a conference call and get together that way. But, uh, then I've, I've broken my guys, you know, the team up into different groups. And so as a, assistant coaches and our volunteers, they all are calling them more often, you know, it's a daily text or a call, um, just to make sure they're do- doing well on a couple fronts. I mean, obviously like mentally, you want to make sure this isn't driving guys. Some, you know, some guys get a little crazy being cooped up, you know, you're, you're so used to working out daily and what you know what your routine is so making sure like like you know emotionally they're doing good um not taking that for granted and then obviously there's school and then even from a training perspective just seeing you know how they're doing things and and uh, how they're trying to get better
0: yeah you perfectly segued to what i wanted to ask so the general consensus of people i talk to whether they be wrestling people or everyone else is that we're about a month into this quarantine thing And I feel like people are starting to hit the wall mentally with this. So since you can't coach your guys from a physical or technical standpoint right now, how do you coach up, uh, especially because these are college kids, you know, and they're kind of all over the place. How do you coach them and their mental health right now, I guess?
1: You know, um, it's tough. It's, it's not a one size fits all, uh, but a lot of it is, I already touched on is just communication, man, making sure that your guys are doing okay. You let them do all the talking. You know, the older I've gotten in, in terms of coaching, uh, I've just learned to do a little less talking. You know, when I was, when I was younger, I felt, man, I was juiced and I had all this uh, knowledge, right? Wrestling knowledge you want to do in to these guys. You want to just fill them full of knowledge all the time. And, you know, as you get older, at least from my opinion, you let these guys do more talking and they'll take you where they need to go you know what I mean they'll they'll kind of tell you where they're struggling or what they want to work on or what their goals are so I guess you know it's just being in touch with your guys and letting them talk you know they'll take it where where it needs to go and you know you'll see if there's if there's some warning signs or or maybe they're doing great you know maybe they've got into a great routine and you know they're out running in the morning they're doing their school at night and they're you know maybe they're doing some uh you know journaling you know writing down goals or something so I, I do a lot of listening with the guys and try to you know hear what they need or where they want to go. Uh, we did three weeks just now two of of one on one interviews they were about one one hour each, and obviously it was like how 'd your year go you know this past year from your thoughts um, you know what was good, what was bad, and then let 's talk about next year 's goals you know aspirations, and then what 's the plan you know and, and so honestly it 's a lot of hearing them talk and then you can uh, uh, adjust or you know take them where they need to go off of that so i 'm a firm believer in and listen to your guys and then, and then, you know, put a plan together for them. It's, it's not always a one size fits all. And especially now I've got more time than ever, you know what I mean? To do <laughs> those kinds of things. And <clears throat> excuse me. So that's where we're trying to be better.
0: All right. We'll switch gears here for a second. We we like to ask some questions that maybe have a little bit different flavor for the, for the coaches listening. Cause I think that everyone's heard the standard type of interview questions. So, um, so you wrestled in college for Gable, correct? Correct. And uh, everyone knows the reputation of Gable being, you know, extremely intense and everything. What do you think it would look like for Gable coaching a college team now? Because kids are, kids are just a little different than they used to be. Yep. Culture's a little different. What, what would that look like?
1: Yeah, I still think he would be it'd be awesome as a coach because um, it wasn't just X's and O's. He took and if you've ever listened to him talk, you know he'll, he will he'll he inevitably almost always goes here. It's finding out what the individual needs of the guys were, and if you look at his squads, obviously he was known for those absolute uh, grinders that were super intense and just after you like a like a rabid dog. You know you, the Brands boys, you know what I mean, and and the list would go on and on, right? Those those competitors, but I mean you look, he coached uh, guys like Ray. or or Joel Williams, you know, who were, if you're a bit of a historian that were drastically different, you know, and and not only, you know, maybe their mindset or or personalities, but just even how they wanted to compete. And he found ways to motivate those guys and to make their style uh, fit with his teams and what he was doing. So I still maintain that, that he would, uh, he would be a force to be reckoned with because he, you know, work's still relevant, right? Like that's probably part we all love about the sport. It's, you you know, you chose a tough sport and and work really pays off and he's going to work. You know, he's going to work to find out what makes a kid tick, you know, what technique maybe he needs to make adjustments in, motivate the guy. So I think he'd still be be awesome in that way because you're not going to outwork him and he was always based in what makes the individual uh, guy tick and and how can we motivate him?
0: I understand. Uh, Jesse, you got a question about roles. so yeah, so you uh, going along with that and knowing that he was so good at getting to the individual, um, we were talking about you know how you build a, how you build a coaching staff and how you get the right guys in there to um, fill those different types of roles that you need uh, to, to build a complete coaching staff so we're just wondering basically what are the what are the key roles that you think that your coaches need to, to be fulfilling and And how do you go about creating a well-rounded staff?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, You know, you start with, and this is, it's kind of a, you know, it's a coach, you know, speak these days, but I truly believe it's the most important thing is you want to find guys who believe in the same things you do from a culture standpoint. Okay. I'm not saying necessarily a technical standpoint or even always a training aspect, but from a culture standpoint, you got to agree on, 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 on how you're going to work day to day, you know, what the lifestyle required, you know, you you need to understand and agree on those minimums as a staff. So, I do like to find guys who are similar in, you know, how we want guys to compete, how we want guys to train uh, those kind of aspects, how we want guys to live. But then after that, I really like to find guys who can add to the room in different ways that maybe I'm not as strong. And so, you know, you take my, my background, obviously, you know, the, I believe in, you know, the, the, the discipline of being in great shape and scoring points and pressing the pace, hand fighting, you know, positional things like that. Well then I have a guy like AJ shop who's just tremendous. tremendous on top, Um, or even to go to Missouri, you know, you got Daniel Lewis here now is is my GA. And so uh, what really appeals to me is, yeah, those guys are great workers. And, um, you know, they believe in the same core principles I do but man, they approach the sport in a little different way. And I'm always intrigued, you know, because you want to keep up. You don't want to get left behind. You want to keep up on a new technique or or new ways to score and dominate. And so I I really look at guys who can then add in ways that maybe I'm not as strong, you know what I mean? From, from my background. So I'm looking for, you know, personalities that match in terms of work ethic and culture, but then how can you bring something different um, to, to my staff? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: So if you were i mean you're doing this every day right now on the recruiting trail but just give us in general I'll be honest in in Missouri you know we don't always hear a lot about Purdue so it's not a school yep. that people have knowledge of you know what I'm saying so sure. when you're when you're pitching to kids and telling people about Purdue what what's your pitch to them
1: uh, I go back again. Uh, you always want them to know like core philosophies, right? Like, you know, 22 years, 23, I think now actually have doing this and I've coached at a lot of schools and I've had kids commit for a lot of different reasons. The only way it works out as hard as you're going to work and as hard as you're going to push kids and what you demand of them um, is they, they have to believe this is a great fit for them. You know, there's always workout partners and coaches and you know the major of the school and things like that, but man, they've got to feel like you know they're going to be supported in the right way. They're going to be happy there because they fit in. So I always try to you know here here's what our core you know beliefs are, and then here's how we we branch off. Here's our plan for you you how you fit in with what we're going to do, how we're going to train you know, and how we see you kind of contributing to the team and, and growing as an individual. So it always starts with making sure that they want. What we believe, you know, what I mean, and then how do they fit in and building a plan for them. And that's part of that communication that we talked about, you know, is making sure that you're really communicating with them, because you don't want them to show up on campus. And then it's nothing like they thought, you know, what I mean, they, you know, then you got an unhappy kid, and it just doesn't work out. So, so we really try to upfront This is who we are, what we believe, where we're trying to go, right, from a goal standpoint. You know, we're in the Big Ten, and and we compete against, you know, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, you know, lots of great great programs. And so – you know, I didn't. I didn't come to Purdue to take a backseat to Penn State, and so here's our, this is our expectation. Don't come here if you're just looking for a comfortable place to, you know get a great education and wrestle in the Big Ten. If you don't want to be challenged, if you don't expect or get excited to beat those guys, you know, wearing that singlet. You know, I, I know at Iowa, you know, there were some days where you won at the weigh-in. You know, you got on the scale and the teams just kind of took a backseat. And, and, uh, for good reason with the way, you know, uh, those teams were, but you can't take a backseat to anybody in this sport. And so you want to make sure that you have kids who are excited about what you're about, uh, where you're trying to go and they embrace that, you know? And, and so that's where we really start, um, with, with people making sure they know exactly what it is. And does this fit, uh, the mold of what you want?
0: Is there, is there a program in the big 10 you think that would be like, uh, a blueprint, I guess, for for what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Well, I mean, listen, there's lots of great examples, right? There's lots of great examples, um, but I have, you know, my my beliefs are you know some of it's Iowa, right? There's a huge, huge imprint on me as a coach and as a competitor. Um but then, you know, I served under, you know, Tom Borelli at Central Michigan, who that was my first job. I worked on my masters at Central Michigan coming out of Iowa and, and we were we were great. You know, we were fifth in the country with limited scholarships, five all Americans. So I thought Tom was was huge in the way, you know, that he he managed and ran, you know, the business of college wrestling. You know, that had a huge imprint on me. You know, being at Nebraska, I was at Nebraska. So so I know a lot about Missouri from recruiting there for eight years, but, um, you know, being under Mark Manning and and having Jordan Burroughs around and and some great people like that. So you take pieces of of all of these things, right? And you just, you kind of use them to what fits you and your personality because, yes, you, you want to be a student of what other people are doing, but you always got to stay true to yourself. You don't want to ever get away from who you really are because, you know, kids, kids know it when they see a fake, you know, you can't, you can't do things or be someone you're not. So honestly, it's, it's kind of a mix of these different coaches uh, that I've been around in my career. And then certainly you look at the sport too. And, and so, you know, there's a guy Kiel sanderson there he's taking the sport to different places with his wrestling and coaching even so yeah you look at that and you you try to see you know what do i like from that aspect of it what are they doing you know and and so you're 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 watching you're paying attention and you know i, I use penn state too because you know casey cunningham who's there was was actually uh a kid who won a national title at central michigan when i was there he was the mm-hmm. first national champion i was a part of so you know you know, picking, picking, uh, Casey's brain or kale's brain on occasion, you know, when we're talking or, you know, just, you know, sitting around a table maybe, um, you're always paying attention. So I would hate to say it's just one thing. Uh, My roots, you know, coming from Iowa, being born and raised there and and watching the Hawks, that's the major influence. But man, I've really taken a lot of of bits and pieces and and we'll continue to do that. I I wasn't the top guy, but man, the four point near fall, you know, so we've got, you know, Daniel Lewis who can cradle you from everywhere. I got AJ Shop on the roll through tilt. So we're going to try to continue to evolve and and, um, go where we need to go to win
0: say so you just you just made a good point i never even thought about the fact that with the four point near fall you should probably be changing and gearing your style and you do have two guys really good for that so yep um all right this is more just kind of like a a, a fun question if you will but you have uh obviously coached around and coached a lot of really good wrestlers uh because you know uh like you were rehashing there you you coached burrows you uh, you were at Northwestern and coach Jake Herbert, right? Yep. So yep. the 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 NFL draft happened last night, okay? Everyone wants to know who the number 1 pick is. So if you were building a program from scratch, just looking at their college careers, uh who would who would be your first round draft pick of the wrestlers you've been around?
1: Wow, that's uh <laughs> that's that's a tough question. Um man, a ton of great examples. Um, you know who I really like, and I talk about him in the practice room too, it was a teammate of mine actually. And I've just recently seen him doing some more interviews on track wrestling is Lincoln McElravey Mm -hmm. was a guy, um, that I was, you know, we were freshmen together and was on the team for five years at Iowa who uh, I had a lot of respect for, um, super talented, um, in the technical sense. Right. But then had that that mentality to keep coming after you as well. So I and and, and just when you talked to him too had a I thought it had a lot of great points like mentally how he approached the sport, you know, how you approach competing in different circumstances. He was a guy that I always respected a lot. Even though we were the same age, I always felt like he had a great take on the sport and training and competing and, and how to kind of keep it in the right perspective. So he would be somebody that would be at the very top of my list. You know what I mean? Um, certainly a guy like Burroughs, just because, you know, he – to watch the evolution of Jordan – Um, You know, he came in as a true freshman when I was at at Nebraska and to watch his growth from a freshman where he was like 16 and 13, maybe, you know, he's only three or four matches above 500. And then to watch the the growth of him as a young man and then into somebody who won the Hodge, uh, you know, and had great success world, but then had a huge, you know, negative, you know, at the Olympics again, and then how he kind of reinvented himself. There's somebody else who I really respect for uh, how he's kind of grown and involved in the sport. And I think his, his take is very fresh again for young people to see and, and how you handle adversity in the sport. So those two guys would probably be at the top of my list, but I, man, there's listen, there's a ton of guys I could go, you know, go down the list. <laughs> that I really respect, but those are two guys that, that I really enjoyed maybe kind of, maybe their take mentally as much as what they did physically too.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Jesse, you want to you want to ask our final question we typically ask. Yeah, so we just kind of ask everybody if they have a uh wrestling story. It could be weird, funny, just a good story that really sticks out to them uh that they would that they would like to share just something a little different.
1: Wow. Um uh okay. I I got I got one. It's 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 pretty funny. Um <laughs> these guys these guys yeah I, I won't i won't spill too much these guys will still uh, still like me at the end of this but it was funny um you know how competitive wrestlers are sure. and um growing up in north central iowa one of my roommates at, at iowa was uh mike euchre he was a couple mm-hmm. time all american and was was really you know good under the lights you know i mean when it was time to be be good mike you know always rose to the occasion and got on the podium a couple times and and I lived with him for for a number of years, so really enjoyed him. Um, and then he has he had a buddy from uh, Osage named Dusty Rhodes, you know. So obviously that name, the American Dream, comes <laughs> comes to come to mind. But I just remember we were sitting around uh, north, northwest Iowa at Lake Okaboji and and there was an argument about what was better a couple time national champ as dusty was you know as the d3 guy or a couple time all-american in d1 and of course you know where it goes you got to settle it on the mat and these two guys were out wrestling uh you know just off lake Okaboji you know on a summer night and it, it was one of the funniest things i have ever seen and i would leave it at that but it to watch two guys get fired up, you know, in a time like this when we're all locked away, like we, right. this was, this was, this was not a thing taken lightly. So uh, these two guys got really charged up. They gave it everything they had out there. And, uh, and I, I certainly won't say uh, that we had a winner, but it went for a long time. And those of us that were present really enjoyed it. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> So they didn't. They did. They they didn't settle the debate. Or you're not going to share the, the, the. Well,
1: I mean, you know, the guys were going off the end of the dock and into the water and back <laughs> up on the land. I mean, it it got it got really, you know. Um you know, the best aspects of the sport that we can think of, you know, they're really competitive guys and and just great dudes anyway to hang out with. Um, But it was, it it was just really funny to watch these guys. They weren't going to give it up and they were from the same hometown, same team. So I think it was cutting even deeper. You know, it it got, it got, it got a a little crazy in a good way. You know, nobody got hurt, nothing, you know, nothing great, you know, wrong with it. Um, But, uh, but I just will always remember these two guys trying to settle the, the argument. What's better, a couple-time national champ in D three or a couple-time All-American in D one? And then we're going to prove it right now, and like (laughs) this is going to settle it, you know. So that that was just from an off-the-wall story thing was was pretty funny to me, and it'll always be with me.
0: Yeah. All right, Coach. I really do appreciate you uh, talking to us, and. you know, giving people something to watch while you're at home and, like, picking your brain. I really appreciate it. So thank, thank you, you for Yeah, no,
1: always it. fun, guys. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to talk wrestling with you, too, and then happy to do it down the road should we need to. But let, let's hope we all get back to our way of life shortly.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you, you stay safe and have a good day, all right, Coach?
1: You. you as well, boys.